This is Editing Carolyn from the future. Just a quick note before we begin, if you hear cooing in the background of this recording, that is my daughter. She decided to grace us with her chattiness while we recorded. That is just the way it goes sometimes. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Care. And I'm Eric. And this is We Used to Be the Smart Kids, where we do deep dives into shallow topics. Mm -hmm. Today, very shallow. Excuse me. (laughs) We're talking about The Holiday, which I think came out in 2006. Around then, yeah. Starring Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz and Jack Black and Jude Law. And everyone forgives you if you forgot that Cameron Diaz and Jude Law were in it. Literally everyone (laughs) did. All right, so Care messaged me earlier and said, I really want to talk about this movie. Have you seen it? And I had not, so I just watched it earlier today. I'm kind of curious what she wants to talk about now. So I think to understand this, we have to talk just a tiny bit about how I got introduced to The Holiday. Okay. I saw it around the time when it came out uh, Mm -hmm. because my friends wanted to show it to me because they loved it. Okay. And since I was not like other girls, Uh I didn't like The Holiday when it came out um, because I didn't like anything targeted for women, girls, etc. I was just a total jerk. You were pandered to and you were not going to accept that. Pretty much. But it didn't go away. Like <laughs> there are just like some films that linger and this one just like enters the cultural consciousness and like lingers. Yeah. Only it only entered like the woman side of the cultural consciousness <laughs> and I that's kind of why I want to talk about it because I think it does something really cool. The holiday is awesome for all of the things that it does really, really well okay. that you don't necessarily notice. So the setup is like real common. I mean, there's really nothing about the set, nothing extraordinary about the setup. Two characters, two women who decide to exchange houses. Cameron Diaz plays Amanda, though we'll probably just call her Cameron Diaz the whole mm-hmm. time. And she is a high strung person who owns her own trailer cutting company. Movie trailers, not like. The stuff you find in the backyard of people who like to go on vacation. <laughs> she makes modern art. Out yes. Of anyway. Dinosaurs, mostly. And she cannot cry. Uh, maybe we'll revisit that. It's it's honestly my least favorite part of this entire <laughs> film is the fact that Cameron Diaz's character cannot cry. Mm-hmm. And then she has a very, very fancy L.A. home with like a pool. And I mean, it's fancy for 2006. So there's no <laughs> internet. <laughs> She's got a wall of DVDs. The shades come down when you push a button. There's no smart technology, which is like really funny to me. Yeah. Uh, this was the height of modern living in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> a wall of DVDs. You're thinking just like a couple shelves. Nope. A wall. She's basically got a blockbuster video in her house, which is funny because then they go out to blockbuster video later. It looks so dated. It's just, it's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then she switches homes with Kate Winslet, who's from... Kate Winslet, whose name is Iris in the film, and she is from Surrey, England, and she lives in a really idyllic country cottage that's, like, kind of small, kind of cramped. It's, like, chic English living for anybody who knows anything about, like, England. Yes. Not, not like, fancy England, but, you know, the way that we Americans view chic English living. Meat pies, and there is a pub. Kate Winslet also has a nice job. She's a columnist, I think a wedding columnist for a newspaper. The Daily Telegraph. This only shows up in the first scene, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't matter. Uh, they both are having boy troubles. Cameron Diaz just broke up with her guy because he was cheating on her with his receptionist. 
and Kate Winslet just broke up with not no. just broke up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she's been the other woman in that relationship for ever, and he just got engaged to like I guess the primary woman, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And she owns the fact that she needs to break it off with him, but cannot. Mm-hmm. She's done being the side chick. She's ready to move on and be the star of her own show. But he won't let her go. He's yes. A, he's a real douche. He texts her all the time. Texts her, sends her chapters of his book. It's it's a thing. These two women switch houses. And like the thing that you expect to happen never happens in this film. What do you expect to happen? They never hate each other. They mm-hmm. never hate each other's lives. They never develop any kind of jealousy. I mean, there's about five minutes where Cameron Diaz hates the... English lifestyle, but... I don't think she does. I think... Is it the scene where she's bored? Yeah, where she has to trudge down the road to get to the house and... Right, but that's never treated as, like, the fault of where she is. Okay. And it's not even really treated as, like, the fault of her attire. So she's in high heels, and they can't get the limo down the English lane, and so she has to get out and walk with all of her suitcases. Mm -hmm. But the narrative and the story never punish her for being poorly dressed in that situation right which i think normally that would be like a sight gag and then she would have to learn that oh you need to oh, wear like boots in to the be english in the countryside. countryside you need your wellies right that never happens mm-hmm. she like, gets to stay fashionable and chic the whole time well her attire does adapt to where she is mm-hmm. but it doesn't fundamentally change so she she's never she never has to learn to be a better woman basically no. she's a fine woman as she is despite what her ex-boyfriend likes to throw at her Right. And that was some serious gaslighting going on there. That was a little cringy. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of really awful dudes in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are bad dudes, and then there are dudes standing in his totems for, like, what the women need in their lives. Yeah. But there are not really any um, three-dimensional dudes. Uh, no. Guess what? What's up? I don't care. Nope, because this is exactly like teen movies where the guy gets the girl as the reward. No. no? I... It's not like a teen movie. I don't care I because, think, okay. because I mean, you can say it's like a teen movie if you want. I will. But I don't care because this movie is like directly targeted at my mm-hmm. lady brain. Yeah. And it shows me women who are becoming self-empowered through being themselves. They don't get punished. They don't have to become a better woman for a man. They don't have to learn a thing to own like the amount of success that they have. All they have to do is be more themselves. Mm-hmm. That Both of their arcs are be more yourself. Do you know how many dude movies get that? Like, come on. (laughs) Really? That's why I said it's like flipping the script on that where, yeah. You said it was like a teen movie. Well, that's the... You don't get a lot of uh, rom-coms for adult males, so that's the closest I've got. Um, Yeah, but you get like action movies and you get thrillers and you get Oscar bait films. Okay. And you get basically every other genre. Every other genre where the women is the prize, yes. Right. So The Holiday is remarkable... Only because, I'm unfortunately only because, it is aimed directly at women. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't punish women and it doesn't pit them against each other. And they get the prize at the end. Yes. That's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I just think it's great. And I think like the way they packaged it is so interesting. I don't even want to call it clever because I don't even know if it, like, it just, either it's like galaxy brain done, like it's that good, mm-hmm. or people just didn't quite... Like, like it kind of happened accidentally. And I don't know. I didn't look any of this up. It just feels like the log line for this film promises a different film than the film actually ended up being. And the film that ended up being is like infinitely better than the log line. Okay, go back to this. What do you think the log line promised for this movie? Oh, it w- I think it would be like 
two um two opposite women switch lives and learn about themselves i don't know yeah but i think that there would be a lot like in the log line there's a lot more promising fish out of water stuff yes and that absolutely did not happen it didn't it was really nice though i mean there was a little culture shock but that was gotten over by the end of the first day it's like really refreshing to see a it's not a fish out of water to see a woman in a new situation just getting to embrace it and Mm -hmm. own it and not like Oh, you have to learn to wear different... Like, Kate Winslet doesn't have to step up to live in the Hollywood Hills or wherever she's living. She just fits in very naturally, and she doesn't have to change who she is, and she doesn't struggle with who she is. She's just there. She's just a fine, independent woman, and people respect her for that. Yes. And I just said Kate... Cameron Diaz doesn't have to change to fit in the English countryside. Her, like, she doesn't do it naturally. She's uncomfortable when she's driving and her high heels are not the right attire because she doesn't know how to do that mm-hmm. yet. But like, she doesn't need to change any of those things. No. And I just, that is such a refreshing thing to see. Like, I don't think I can express how refreshing it is when you haven't been given, you need to change. You're not adequate enough for however many years you've been alive on this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, like this just doesn't really exist that much. And so the holiday is kind of like beloved, I think, because it presents like this beautiful romance about being enough and like just bettering yourself and Mm -hmm. not having to change to fit your situation or change to fit a man or apologize for your success. These things aren't even called into question in the plot. They're just not there. They're just not. (laughs) You kind of had the reverse of this. You were the country girl who ended up going to London for study abroad. Did you feel like at the fish out of water, did you need to adapt and learn all the cultural touchstones and whatnot? Or did you just go and have a good time? Oh, I was definitely the former. Really? Like, I felt very out of place. And the one thing I learned when I was in England is that I am thoroughly American. <laughs> yeah. Just looking for cheeseburgers on every block. Couldn't find them. Kind of. They don't have 24-7 places. I mean, we don't either, thanks, pandemic, which is fine. But when you're used to 24-7 places and everything closes at 9, it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very hard to adjust your life to that. I didn't really feel the need to try to blend in, but I was definitely very aware that I stuck out. And then I just kind of leaned into that. I have that terrible girl thing where I'm like super aware of how I am being perceived by other people instead of how I feel in that situation. So in that case, this was sort of a wish fulfillment fantasy where you could see what could have happened in this situation for you. Yeah, like, well, I wouldn't, I don't really identify with that part of it, I don't think. Well, no, it's for any woman who can just turn off her brain. Hey, I'm in this new country. I don't care how people think of me. I'm just going to have my fun. Yes, but I think that the part that you're missing is that it's not just being in a new country. It's just any I situation. Get, yeah, it's, yeah. It's and I think that's a really big part of it because it's not making any kind of apologies or allowances for in this situation. I don't have to. It's just these women don't even have to think about that. Yeah, they just go. They just exist, mm-hmm. and that's really refreshing. Like they're not. <laughs> contending would that be the right word with the idea of womanhood or femininity or mm-hmm. anything like that they're they're just being themselves they've just they know who they are they're fine with who they are uh, aside from cameron diaz's inability to cry and mayor of east town's inability to let go of her doofy ex yeah but even those things are owned i mean yeah. like they're, they're like like they're, they are aware of it they know hey this is an issue for me but i'm owning it i'm working my way around it it's not gonna destroy me they don't apologize for it either and yeah yeah it doesn't like rule their lives i mean it rules their lives in a plot way but it doesn't define their characters Mm -hmm. they have a lot of things outside of that yes 
I think the only time that this sort of fell flat on this, like just allowing women to exist. Right. Uh, for me was when Jude Law's character kept comparing Cameron Diaz's character to girls. Mm-hmm. He said this a lot. You're the weirdest girl I know. You're the mm-hmm. most whatever. And I, I was just like, uh, do we have to compare her to the, <laughs> to the monolith of girl? Yes. Like she can just be her. Is she neurotic? Yes. yes. But I also like she's, she, she's allowed to be neurotic through the whole film. Women are allowed to be neurotic in general. It's fine. In most stories, no. That, the, that's yeah, your okay, fundamental fair. flaw yeah. that you have to overcome. She's hysterical. I feel like this film took two really common tropes for women, and but instead of like making them bad, mm-hmm. it just allowed them to be. So it kind of leaned into them. Yeah, it fleshed them out. Yeah. So like Kate Winslet's the other woman, and she's also pining. She's in love with Jasper, and that's usually treated as like. The crazy woman, the woman, oh, yeah. the, the woman the who won't leave the man alone. It's... Yeah. And Cameron Diaz is the neurotic, high strung woman who can't feel anything. And normally that person has to like give up their success. Like, I don't want a high strung society life. I want to live in the country with my bumpkin. Yeah. That never becomes a thing. Also, can I just say that brief moment we had with the trailer company that she runs? Yeah. was just so fleshed out in its simplicity that I just really loved it. Like we had five minutes with these people and you feel like you have a complete understanding of their backstory and how they work together. And and their dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. also she's just like respected as the boss. Yeah. And everyone accepts that. Yeah. It was, it was great. John Krasinski yeah. is just like, yep, you know what you're talking about with the non-Scorsese red. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Make it a bright red, not a, not a Scorsese red, but I was there for it. It's just this jargon that she understands and they understand and they trust her on it because she knows what she's doing. It's great. Both of these women are actually respected at various points for being intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like their intelligence is never called into question and they're never made to feel stupid and they never have to act um, less intelligent in order to get the man or get on the date or whatever. They're yeah. always allowed to be as smart as they are. And I, I like that they're also allowed to be emotional because they're incredibly emotional yes. characters. Yes, they are. And it never calls their intelligence into question. And a lot of times in the case of at least Cameron Diaz's character. She's um, the flighty, ditzy blonde who's also neurotic. but Right, but like even when she's being super emotional in bed with Jude Law's character and she's like painting all of the ways in which their relationship is going to go wrong and so Mm -hmm. why they should break up right now. He says like that was a lot and then he just goes back to the conversation but not in like a dismissive way, not in a... I've acknowledged your feelings. I understand what you're saying. I'm not judging you for it and we can continue on now. Right, like you make a really good point. However, I feel differently. Mm -hmm. Not... Oh, you emotional woman, you. I know what's best. And like Kate, Kate Winslet expresses her emotions... In such big ways that, I mean, she was wonderfully cast because they feel so natural. Kate Winslet is wonderfully cast in almost anything. So Yeah. That being said, I really did appreciate that the only person who got slut-shamed through the entire movie were the dudes. Jude Law got yelled at for sleeping with Cameron Diaz. Uh, Cameron Diaz yelled at her ex for banging the secretary. The, The women and even the other women in the story are never, ever shamed for having sex. Like, no one brings up, oh, you just broke up with your boyfriend and now you're shacking up with Jude Law? Jeez, woman. Nope. Keep it in cares. your pants. Yep. Yeah. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. No one's like, oh, this is just a rebound relationship for you. Yeah. No, it was just. No, because they're. They're given agency. They're, they can say, no, I, I'm running away from this situation, but I found something cool, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. They're treated as 
adults who yeah. have the right to make decisions and know their own minds. Fucking weird. It's amazing. <laughs> One thing I appreciate is they did not lean on the Kate Winslet going downward mobility with dating Jack Black. They're just like, hey, Jack Black is here. He's got a great personality. Kate Winslet would fall for that. Yes. Yeah. I know you said downward. I think you meant like their physical appearances. Yes. But also there's no classism in this film. And I really expected that. But like Cameron Diaz never insults Kate Winslet's tiny English cottage. Mm -hmm. She even compliments her in a very genuine way when she like sees the dress hanging. Do you remember that? She's like, cute dress. Yeah. Like it's just really cool to see people interacting with each other's lives and not to. And not to denigrate them, not to put them down, not to. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think also with a jacket. Not to say you're different, so you're worse. Right, or I have it better, or I feel superior, or I'm going to use you to feel superior. Mm-hmm. And I think with the Jack Black thing, it just also shows that these people are not super aware of the way other people perceive them. And that's just a very common thing, I think, when you're watching mm-hmm. a movie about a film, is women are always painted as being aware of how other people see them. So, like, am I dressed right? Am I wearing the right clothes? Am I overdressed? Am I underdressed? Did I do my hair? Did I do my makeup? I'm, like, very preoccupied with, like, mm-hmm. that. And that doesn't exist here. It does a little bit, because... Cameron Diaz has a passing comment that she's overdressed when she meets the daughters the first time. But that is Cameron Diaz's personality. Yeah. Which I also thought was really cool because they only did it with that character. And she's very consistent. Yeah. She's... She she talks about eating carbs. She talks about being overdressed. But it also fits with her job and how she would be in society. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. The other thing that I really liked about this is it isn't like girl power. Let's live in a fantasy world that doesn't exist. It is our world. They are still operating under the same pressions that pressures that I feel as a woman. About eating carbs and dressing up for meeting your future children. Right. Yeah. And having unrequited love. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. They're not falling victim to them and they don't own them. I mean, you could quibble over the carbs thing. I don't want to just because... I want to give it to the film. Like, the fact is, she went and ate food. We never saw her punishing herself for doing that. And this is in a post-Bridget Jones world. Bridget Jones is very focused on how overweight she feels and how it makes her feel less pretty. And where she got to be a fully drawn, neurotic character, but she is taken in by the whole misogynistic world. And this movie, while not a direct response, is just like, okay, yes, we live in this misogynistic world, but we don't have to bow down to it with every waking moment. They just kind of ignore it. They're passing nods to it. Meanwhile, Bridget Jones is almost entirely focused on that, on how she can be more attractive to these men and how she can become the better person that she wants to be. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, but yes, exactly that. Thank you for making the good points. This is why you're on the other mic. (laughs) Another thing that I loved about this film is the costumes did you notice the costumes sort of but not really so i didn't pick up on this and i didn't pay that much attention until my second watching but the way that these women are dressed is the way that i would dress myself Mm -hmm. in 2006 they are not dressed to be particularly alluring although don't get me wrong they look good in everything they are in a film Mm -hmm. but like it's not they're not tits out yes it's all very comfortable very practical clothing Mm -hmm. like cameron diaz looks very cozy the entire time she's in the cottage kate winslet looks very comfy and usually in films like this like in this genre part of the fantasy is i want to look like that woman and i want to dress like that woman but so I can be as desirable as that woman. But they're not dressed comfortably because they're not dressed to be people. They're dressed to be, I don't want to say Barbie dolls, that's too easy. But they're, they're dressed, they're dressed to, be, to be movie stars. Yes. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet are not dressed like that in this film. They're dressed in like um, a hyper real way, I mm-hmm. would say. Like, like I yes, mean, uh, costume and design definitely put this outfit together. But it's in a more realistic way that this is an outfit that maybe someone could have picked up and worn. 
Right, exactly. Like, if you had perfectly tailored clothes that fit you really well, you would also look like this. You know what I mean? I have worn some of Kate Winslet's outfits (laughs) because that is what I wear. Right. That was, I mean, that was also really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, it was really cool that Cameron Diaz was the aggressor in that sex scene, in the first sex scene. I honestly don't remember, but yes. She's the one who brings up, hey, you're hot and drunk. I'm never going to see you again. You want to bang? Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, you're right. Also, I liked that her um, bra, she's wearing like a bralette Mm -hmm. when they're in bed together. Yeah. Even that just seems like something a woman would pick for herself. Yeah, it looked comfy. Yes. I mean, not that many women would be wearing bras after sex, but that's movies for you. But she looked comfy in it, so I'm not bothered. Yeah. And also Kate Winslet's dress, her uh, her fancy black um, dress for the thing. Mm -hmm. That also looked like something a a woman would pick for herself and not one to look like. Don't you want to bang me? Yes. (laughs) And I, I do kind of love that this film unabashedly packages it. In a love letter to like classic cinema, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're directly referencing like in shots or composing or anything like any old films because I I frankly don't watch a lot, but like it definitely references them directly. Yeah, it's a movie about movies a lot of the time. Yes, and just the fact that it opens with um Jack Black's character scoring a love scene. Yeah, I I just feel like they know that they're talking about love in films, and yet. Even though they're talking about that, and that's usually seen as really cheesy, they give it a depth and a nuance, an adult respectability that is usually lacking. Like, it's not dismissed as childish or like, oh, that's a woman thing. You know, they're like, this is what we're making. I I mean, even with the ending, they could have ended on a tearjerker. They had it all lined up for, oh, and then they went their separate ways. And then they're like, fuck it. No, they get a happy ending where they're all together at New Year's. I wonder if they did test audiences. They filmed the tearjerker. They had test audiences. And the test audiences were like, yeah, no, we want a happy <laughs> ending. And then because it did kind of feel like that. I'm not against it. I like the happy ending. Oh, yeah. This is a movie that deserves a happy ending. It's that yeah. fluffy. See, I agree that it's fluffy. I do. But fluffy That's in that not, it's like a it, feel good film. I feel like a lot of times fluffy, fluffy is, is used a, as a way to dismiss no, a film. No, I was not trying to be derogatory with this. I was more about the feelings it engendered. I know you're not, but I just feel like <laughs> in general, in ge- but that's the thing about the holiday. And I myself fell victim to this where it's just like dismissed as a fluffy holiday feel good film mm-hmm. and it doesn't do anything else. They made it cozy. They made it fun. They made it interesting. Yes, and they made their female leads like real women Mm -hmm. with agency. Yes. I just think it's so cool. (laughs) And I'm sure like there's a hundred films that do this and I'm just not aware of them. But like this one does it and people still watch it. And that's just really cool. Thanks for listening. Our intro music is from Tim Beak. You can find him at timbeak.com. And our outro music is by One Man Symphony. And you can find them at onemansymphony.com.